The Brains Behind AOC, Part 2. Mr. Reagan. Before I get into this video, I would like to announce that I am now doing this YouTube channel as my full-time job. And I have one supporter who has committed to matching all new contributions this week to my Patreon and Subscribestar accounts. So if you contribute a dollar a month, that dollar turns into two dollars. If you contribute five dollars, it turns into ten. And if you contribute ten, it turns into twenty, etc. And this guy says he's willing to match up to $1,000 for the week. Now, this is an insanely generous offer. I mean, he is a really cool guy. Um, he told me that he wants to incentivize other people to contribute to the channel. I mean, it's just incredibly generous. And I couldn't be more grateful to him and to you guys. So if you'd like to contribute to my channel, if you like what I'm doing here, consider joining Patreon or Subscribestar and donating a dollar or two. So if you haven't seen my last video, I revealed that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib were all chosen to run for Congress through an audition process. And I accused the organization that found and ran these candidates, the Justice Democrats, I accused them of running naive candidates, ignorant of politics, and easily controlled. Since posting this video, I think my accusation has been confirmed by even more evidence. We have here Ayanna Presley proposing an amendment to reduce the voting age to 16. By lowering the voting age from 18 to 16 years of age, my amendment will allow young people to have a say in our federal elections, to help shape and inform the policies that will set the course for the future. Look how closely she has to read this script. I mean, this was obviously given to her to read. Compare that to Congressman Rodney Davis's response. I'm of the opinion that we shouldn't arbitrarily lower the voting age just because right now I believe Democrats think they'll gain more votes. H.R. 1's bad enough because I believe it will institutionalize a Democrat majority here in this House of Representatives. But to be so brash and possibly unconstitutional to decide to try and lower the voting age only for political reasons is something that I don't think this institution should be doing. Davis is off the cuff. He's speaking from the heart. He believes in what he's saying. He's not reading from a script that somebody gave him. He's saying what he really thinks. Also, have a look at this. The now infamous incident. Uh, Rashida Tlaib accusing Mark Meadows of being a racist. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that someone even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Of all the people on this committee, uh, I've said it and got in trouble for it that you're one of my best friends. I know that shocks a lot of people. And, and likewise, Mr. Yeah, Chairman. But you are. And I would do, and I could see and feel your pain. I feel it. Apologize if that's what it sounded like, but I said someone in general. Uh, and as everybody knows in this chamber, I'm pretty direct. So I, if I wanted to say that, I would have, but that's not what I said. I mean, this was priceless. I mean, maybe, Maybe she wrote this herself and then she's reading it back, but even this accusation of racism looks scripted. It, it was, it's weird, right? I mean, it was beautiful to see her get owned uh, by Elijah Cummings, of all people. That was kind of hilarious. So all three of these representatives in Congress are puppets, and I suggested that maybe Saikat Chakrabarti was the genius behind this. I was wrong. What Saikat is 
is like a um, top general, right? He's been given the task of managing AOC directly. And maybe he manages the other two as well, I'm not sure. But the guy who controls him, the overlord, the real brains behind AOC, the mastermind behind it all is... Zach Exley. Now, this took a bit of research to figure out because Exley does not want people to know he's behind it. He's not interested in credit. He's fine using Jank Uger to broadcast his ideas. And by the way, that is all Jank is. Jank Uger and the Young Turks are just really one of Exley's tools. They're being used to promote the ideas of brand new Congress, repackaged as Justice Democrats. Furthermore, Exley is happy to let Psychot Chakrabarty take credit for Brand New Congress, but make no mistake, Brand New Congress is all Zach Exley. The first video I could find of Zach Exley discussing his version of the idea was from 2013. Okay, how do you guys feel about crazy and impossible ideas? Yeah? So what is the goal? What is the goal that I'm pitching you on? I'm pitching you on a crazy idea that I want you to help with, and it is to go out and get 500 Elizabeth Warrens and run them together as a slate, okay? All at once. Okay, so when we have the slate, we're gonna spend a few years training and we're gonna learn how to act in front of the TV cameras. I'm not running, by the way, because I'm crazy in the wrong way. And, and, and we're gonna learn how to talk about our plan. So you see, this was not Chakrabarty's idea. This was not Cenk Uygur's idea. This was all Exley. Now, Zach Exley, as far as I can tell, is 100% ideological. He is totally convinced that his ideas will result in a beautiful utopia in America. Uh, he's not doing this for money. He's not doing this for power. I don't even think he cares about getting the credit. I'm convinced that if he gets everything he wants when socialists have infiltrated every corner of the government, he'd just retire to his modest home with a cat or something and put his feet up by the fire and relax, contented by the knowledge that he was the savior of the world. <laughs> I don't think Zach is aware of how dangerous his socialist utopia would be. Zach's socialist ideas would give so much power to the government that it would leave the U.S. extremely vulnerable to the usurpation of power by a not-so-benevolent dictator, somebody like Cenk Uger. Now, because of the video that I put out previously, I was able to actually get in contact with some people who were close to the Justice Democrats. Now, according to the people I spoke to, the Justice Democrats are convinced that they are such good people that no one who shares their politics would ever be corrupted. In the words of one of these contacts, and, and this sentiment was confirmed by other people I spoke to, these people believe that they will be benevolent dictators. That is exactly what he said. I wrote it down. And that is, that is, to me, completely mental, but okay. And you know what? Don't be confused by this term, democratic socialist. You know what the name of the first communist political party in Russia was? The party of which Vladimir Lenin was a member? It was called the Social Democratic Labor Party. Calling American socialists democratic socialists is just a way of softening the true motivations and goals of these people. They are not interested in Scandinavian-style socialism, which is a myth, by the way, that doesn't exist. But rather, they are interested in full-blown Soviet-style Marxism. But here's the thing. They want this, but with an even more sinister twist. These people are neo-Marxist. What does that mean? That means that you take a bowl full of communism and you add a heaping ladle full of social justice. You say, we want Marxism, but we also want to clearly define certain racial groups as advantaged and oppressive. 
and others as disadvantaged and oppressed. Essentially, Zach Exley and his friends have bought whole hog into the leftist delusion that white people are all racist, men are all misogynist, and Christians are all homophobic. And let me be very clear, these people are racists, they are misandrists, they are anti-Christian. They don't realize their own bigotry because their bigotry stems from what they believe is a noble goal, social justice. Now, on to the really important revelations. Back when the Justice Democrats called themselves Brand New Congress, they were not merely intending to unseat incumbent Democrats and replace them with progressives, i.e. socialists. Back then, they actually had a far more devious plan. Yes, they would primary Democrats, but also they intended to run progressive socialists as Republicans in solidly Republican districts with very low voter turnout. The plan was to have the progressive candidate register as a Republican, run the candidate with a grassroots campaign that reached out to the progressive community um, early, you know, convincing registered Democrats to, you know, switch party affiliation if necessary in order to vote in the Republican primary election, get their candidate elected in the primary, and then watch him or her simply sail to victory as the voters in that district check the box with the candidate with the R next to their name in the general election. Now, if they had done this, Republicans would have been tricked for voting for socialists that they thought were conservatives. Now, the only reason they didn't focus on this more in 2018, I think, is because they teamed up with Cenk Uygur and the Young Turks, and Cenk is obsessed with ridding Congress of establishment Democrats. So it seems like Cenk and brand new Congress came up with some agreement that they would call their effort, you know, the Justice Democrats, which is the name that I think Jenk came up with, and that they would only primary Democrats in 2018. In exchange, Jenk would promote the hell out of these guys on the Young Turks, which is, you know, the single most influential YouTube network among progressives. But now, Jenk has been ousted from the Justice Democrats, and they're free to pursue whatever course of action Zach Exley wants. I know this all sounds crazy, but yet again, we've got them talking about it on video. Here is Corbin Trent, Zach Exley's right-hand man. So one of my favorite parts of the strategy uh, is that you're going to run, in red states, you are going to run Republicans. You know, you guys are all about winning, right? Just like right. we're, it's got to get the job done. So, mm -hmm. um, and working within these these parties and infiltrating at the primaries where, you know, they're, they're the weakest, that, that we can actually have the power of the people be represented. Um, and so, and then you have, for that, you have this unified platform. We decided that really the way to do that, instead of forming a third party or, or doing something like that, the way to do that was to work within the two existing parties and to attack district by district, uh, looking for people that fit that culture of that district. If it's a, a Republican district like mine, Tennessee one, then you go into that district and you find people from that Republican culture that can really support wholeheartedly your platform and you put those people up in midterm primaries where turnout is abysmal. I mean, you're looking at 5% at the low end and you know, like really exciting. We should put a, we should frame a medal and give it to your district for turnout is in the mid twenties. Right? So there was sort of a obvious uh, weak spot in, in those, uh, in those areas. So that's, uh, that's what we're doing is we're trying to build that slate, build that platform and then build the campaign apparatus uh, to run those candidates all at once.
And here is Zach Exley himself saying that they need to convince Democratic voters to switch parties so that they can vote for candidates running as Republicans in their district. He refers to this as a campaign hack. This is a little bit of a hack, right? Uh, we are in, in the sense of a, in computers, right? We're, we're kind of hacking the system with the BNC. Uh, what we're talking about doing is winning the Democratic primaries and winning the Republican primaries, we get a hack that can defeat the incumbent in the Democratic primary and in the Republican primary. And that's going to mean getting independents to come out and vote in the primary. And it's going to mean getting people to switch parties and go vote in the primary where the candidate that's fighting for this plan is. Why aren't we changing everybody's registration? Why aren't we telling people to, uh, you know, why aren't we informing about how they need to vote? And here, Zach Exley explains why he thinks these fake Republicans can win in their districts. Nobody nobody cares about their local congressperson running. Like, nobody knows who their local congressperson is. And nobody knows when the primaries are. Zach Exley is right. He found an incredibly vulnerable spot for Americans. We don't really pay attention to who our congressman is. Do you know who yours is? Probably not. So if his gang can get enough progressives to vote in a progressive with an R next to his name, you'll you'll likely vote for them in the general election with no idea that they're a fake. It's a it's a bait and switch. They promise you a Republican, but they're giving you a socialist. Now, they didn't run fake Republicans in the last election, but I suspect they will soon, either in 2020 or 2022 or 2024. Okay, now, if this isn't bad enough, there is another little plot that has been brewing with these guys. In 2016, Zach Exley wrote a book, Rules for Revolutionaries. His co-author on the book was a woman he, he worked on the Bernie Sanders campaign with. It's this woman, Becky Bond. So we know that after the Bernie campaign, Zach went on to form Brand New Congress, which became Justice Democrats, and he worked to primary congressional incumbents with his own candidates, socialists. But what did Becky do? Becky went on to form an organization called Real Justice. What is Real Justice? Real Justice is an organization designed to do exactly what Brand New Congress did. But instead of congressmen, they would go after district attorneys. The idea behind Real Justice was to replace all the district attorneys in America with progressives. And presumably these people would be neo-Marxists that believe that the justice system was stacked against black people and, you know, they would somehow fix things so that black incarceration rates would go down or something like that. Now, why do I think this is about race? The face of this organization is, and you're not going to believe this, Sean King. Now, if you don't know who Sean King is, he's a notorious black supremacist known for constantly accusing white people of being racist, both generally and specifically. He is convinced that white people are horrible and racist, and he basically exists to inspire hatred in black people against white people. So here's a video of Sean King talking about the Real Justice organization. Well, changing the face of America's district attorneys is how we're going to change the justice system from the inside out. DAs are really the, the local gatekeepers of the entire justice system. They decide who's prosecuted, how hard they're prosecuted, what sentencing they get. They decide what cases are thrown out or which ones are taken seriously. They are the ones who build cases against police corruption or, or police brutality. And if we have somebody in office who actually is bothered by these things, or who understands that at the root of mass incarceration is bigotry or racism or white supremacy. When we have people who understand those concepts, it changes the game. And here's the hilarious thing. 
he's not even really black. He cuts his hair really short and he grows a goatee and he wears those Malcolm X glasses and he affects this kind of a black accent. But according to CNN, not really even black. Sean King, he is a leading voice for the Black Lives Matter movement. A family member tells CNN that both King's parents are white. But Sean King is really just a distraction from the point. The point is Becky Bond, a good friend of Zach Exley, has gone out and done the brand new Congress thing with district attorneys. Why is that significant? It's significant because the earliest incarnations of this replace government officials with progressives plan did not limit itself to Congress. The idea was to replace government officials in all levels of government. I think that's still the plan. 2018 was like a pilot program. Zach Exley's efforts in Congress worked. Maybe not as well as he would have liked, but they did bear fruit. And so did Becky Bond's efforts with the district attorneys. They'll make adjustments, they'll scale up, and I predict that they will start new programs targeting other areas of government. The average voter really only votes for like four political positions. They vote for the president, their governor, maybe their senators, and maybe their mayor if they like live in a big city or maybe like a really small town. The rest of the ticket might as well be written in Chinese. People have never heard of their district attorney or even their congressman. They just hit whatever name has an R next to it or a D next to it. Uh, you know, whichever party they want to see in office. And like Zach actually said, most people don't care. And that's a huge problem because this leaves a ton of political positions vulnerable to infiltration. Listen to this audio of Zach Exley talking about his plan. We live in this wonderful country with a democracy. And so let's use the democracy to take over the government. That's what it's here for. That's what, you know, the founders of the republic, you know, were so, so you excited about. So you want to take over the government? Yeah, and let's take over the government through elections. Zach Exley wants socialists in every corner of government, big and small. And that leads me to the final revelation of this video the presidency. So far, Zach Exley and the Justice Democrats haven't touched presidential politics. They're, they're all Bernie people, so the assumption is that they're, they're all still on board with the Bernie train. But remember Becky Bond? Well, it just so happens that she's one of the top advisors on another campaign, the campaign that is perhaps most in the spotlight currently. Becky Bond is a top advisor for Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke, the super cool skateboarding candidate. But Beto couldn't possibly be a puppet. He's a brilliant, principled political candidate. He's nothing like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. The scientists are absolutely unanimous on this that we have no more than 12 years to take incredibly bold action on this crisis. And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. The, the current president says he doesn't believe in climate change. <laughs> if you think of our leadership, those who preceded us, right, those who were on the beaches in Normandy, those who faced an existential threat to Western democracy and our way of life, they showed us the way. <laughs> Well, that's it for me. If you'd like to donate to my Patreon or Subscribestar, please click on one of the links in the description below. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, you're probably Anna Kasparian. But she did call this hideous mole a beauty mark. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a future for us yet.
Good night. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. What is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny.